What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Wednesday, January 15th, 2014. Wow, I almost said 13. 2014. And you guys are listening to episode 144. Uh, I decided to do this on Wednesday because I know it was a short turnaround. I actually did um, two real uh, close together. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. I got a lot of good feedback from uh, the one, uh, two parts of uh, 143, which was uh, me by myself uh, when I first arrived in Cleveland, and then also the second half, which was almost another hour with um, my buddy, special guest comedian Giannis Pappas. We were um, in uh, at Hilarities working together. It was a great time, and uh, you know, as you guys heard, we got a little crazy and uh, funny on uh, <laughs> the last one talking about the ladies and the female uh, perspective when you're dating, if you're both in the business and all kinds of stuff like that. So we talked about that and uh, we really had a good time. I'm sure we offended a couple of people if we did. It's a fucking comedy podcast with two comedians on there. Relax. I, but I do I do hope you enjoyed it. We had a lot of fun doing it. Um, and I, I that's what I want to uh, start with. The... Um, the, the weekend or the, you know, I guess we were there Wednesday through Saturday and did, um, is it seven shows and, um, what a club. If you guys are in that area, it's, um, right downtown West 4th street, which is, um, is it West 4th or East 4th street? I think I'm sorry. East 4th street. And it's like basically half a block of the downtown and that's it. Cause it's really a, kind of a decimated city. I hate to say that. Uh, especially because the people there are amazing. And I even told the crowd that I go, why are you people so great? I go, your downtown is awful. Your sports teams suck. Why the fuck are you people so happy? I mean, these are just the nicest people. These people from the Midwest are amazing. Um, and it's a great, it, it was a, it was a great time. And I got a chance to, um, to see and, and see things that I, I really, Never got to see before, and I'll, I'll I'll explain, I'll explain that after. But um, the the comedy club itself, Hilarity's Fourth Street Theater, right on Fourth um, Street. It's a beautiful restaurant upstairs with great food. You go downstairs, and there's like a 380 person theater with a beautiful balcony, and the downstairs is all. It's just a great stage, a great sound system. The crowds are. It, it was just a great time. So, um, and congratulations to Giannis because Giannis was headlining it, and um, it was his first time headlining it, and uh, he did great numbers. And man, that's uh, that last show Saturday was unbelievable, and uh, the Greeks were out. It was fun. So um, yeah, check out that place. Awesome owner Nick, such a just a great guy. Salt of the earth type of guy. He's been there. He's a uh, Greek guy from um, Brooklyn. He's from originally from Brooklyn. Then he lived in uh, Long Island, and then he decided. You know, he went to college out in um, Ohio, and then just opened up clubs and places. And I was joking with Giannis. I said Greeks, and this is true, and I know this firsthand because my mother is a hundred percent Greek. And one thing I can tell you about Greeks is Greeks love to open up joints. They love to just get at their own fucking place, whether it's a diner, a nightclub, a place. The Greeks just like having their own place that they own. They love owning establishments where people get served shit. It's it's I don't know what it is, but anyway, hilarities. Uh, it was it was a great time. We did pretty good with the boozing up. Didn't do too much. We had one night which was ridiculous. We 
um, I had this gigantic hotel room which you could have a football catch in. And I'm not even kidding. You could have like a good like like twelve to like a twelve yard football catch in the middle of my like twenty foot ceilings. It was a great hotel room. And one night we we're just like, man, let's lay low. Let's just lay low and chill and not you know not do much. So I was like, all right, man. Let's just go watch uh, basketball or whatever. Order some food and chill. So we go back to the room, and the room's got like uh, like a recliner, like all kinds of stuff. Is it uh, two queen beds? This gigantic floor. So we're comfortable. We got a flat screen. We got a desk. There's a little couch in there. So like, yeah, we'll watch the game on the flat screen. We got all this space. Well, we made a crucial mistake, and we ordered some food that we shouldn't have ordered. Uh, arguably one of the worst pizzas I've ever had in my life. Um. Probably so bad that I might even have put it on an unacceptable one of these podcasts, but I couldn't do that because when you're ordering pizza at three o'clock in the morning in Cleveland, I mean you can't fuck you can't expect Frank Pepe's. So, uh, but that was pretty much the only eating mistake because I'm doing good, and you know, it's hard to not do that on the road. When you're on the road, I'm sure anybody who's in any kind of entertainment or show business will tell you it's so hard. I'm not, like I said before, I'm not going to the supermarket to buy hummus to put them in my little refrigerator. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to buy crackers. I mean, sometimes I'll buy like a little cereal bar and a water for the, the night before I go to sleep just so I wake up and I can have something. But I'm not going to, I'm not, what am I going to bring cold cuts to my hotel room and start making fucking sandwich? Give me a break. I'm going to get out of my hotel. I'm going to walk down the street and I'm going to get, I'm going to get, a, I'm going to go to a place. I'm going to get, get something to eat. You know, I mean, that takes a lot of discipline. And God bless those comedians that do that. You know, they bring a loaf of bread and a banana. You know, they bring mayo in a jar. They bring their own silverware. I mean, that's just, you know, what am I going to open up bread and start spreading mustard and, and, and mayo on it and shit and make it sit in my sit on my bed in the fucking Holiday Inn and start, you know, start lathering up slices of bread with mayo and, you know, Go out to a f- whatever they have out there. I don't even know the, the supermarkets they have out there. I'm not doing that. You know, I go out there. I like to, you know, a couple splurge a little bit. You know, I can't can't go too much. You gotta you gotta. I've been trying to save some money this year, of course, like we all are. But you know, I'm not gonna do that. Some people take some people take the savings a little too far. But I was good this time. Usually, I just you know I don't really think ahead of the savings. I'm just like I'm gonna go out there and I make some money. I'm gonna tell some jokes. You know, I'm gonna grow, get better at what I'm doing. You know, and then that's it. But this time I was good. Switched cars with one of uh, my siblings because it was better on gas because I drove out seven hours. Nice easy drive. Here's the drive from New York to Cleveland. By the way, the drive from New York to Cleveland. There's only one stretch of two, it's seven hours pretty much. You know, if you hit a little traffic, maybe like seven, but it's like seven hours, seven hours, 20 minutes, whatever. There's about two hours during that seven hours that can be tough. And during that two hours, which pretty much happens after three hours. So I would say hour four, yeah, hour four and five are the toughest. And once you get to five, it's a joke, it's a cakewalk, but... Hour four and five, you got to have a coffee or like that should be when you stop to get the air. Just a quick little stop. I'm not a big stopper. You can't be a big stopper when you go on the road. Stop, go, here we go, stop at this, look at that. I don't do that. You go, take a quick leak, you know, get a water, get it, whatever. 
and you go and uh, and that's what I did but uh, one thing I wanted to talk about and it was it was so amazing and cool and I think it was you know it's great it's just a great story and uh, you know it, it's not super funny so but it, it was really cool and something you don't get to see and, and and really American you know and it was really cool so I'll share that with you and um, and then I will move on got a lot of cool stuff to talk about on the show here today everybody so uh, you know we got uh, great NFL playoff um, situation coming up with with great teams best four teams in it um i'm gonna talk about a movie i did not see a new release movie but i'm gonna make fun of a movie that i have to make fun of because i think it's a little much um you know we'll get into plugs i have an announcement a lot of cool things are happening i want to talk about the movie so uh a bunch of stuff so anyway as you guys know, Jason Lawhead is uh, a dear friend of mine, um, you know, becoming uh, one of my close closest friends in, in the game of comedy and stand-up. Um, you guys know the backstory through, through Burr. Uh, Jason's originally from Cleveland, and that's why I'm bringing this up. Jason actually started, when he started comedy, he was working at Hilarities as like the manager there. And he was like kind of help running the place and doing stuff. And he's from Lorain, Ohio, which is probably like 20 minutes outside of Cleveland. And um, so that was his stomping ground where me and Giannis were. And you guys have heard Jason on the show. We had a great time on there. I mean, uh, you know, you heard about you heard him. So um, when I had put out that I was going to Cleveland, you know, um, his his parents, the you know, the lawheads who were out in Lorraine, uh, God bless them. They're just great people. They have said. Um, you know, uh, hey, we'll see you, we'll see you in Cleveland, you know, we'll see you, we're going to come out to a show, and we're thinking about going down there to the casino, because they opened up a casino, the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers opened up a casino down there, and we figured we could, um, you know, that they, they would, that he was going to, he wanted to take me to dinner downtown, and go to the, go to the show, then the casino, you know, and I'm like, yeah, let me know, let me know which show, that's going to be great, so I go down there, and um, I'm waiting, and his dad says, you know, give me a call. So then I call his dad, and uh, Jason Lawhead's dad, is, is he's a very humble guy, but he's a legend. He is a Hall of Fame basketball coach. Um, he's one of the most successful high school basketball coaches in the state of Ohio. He's over 500 wins. Um, I mean, he's, he's a legend. I mean, so anyway... And he says to me, listen, you know, we were thinking about coming downtown, but I just want to throw something out there at you. You let me know how you feel about it. Let me know what you want to do, blah, blah, blah. You know, I know you guys may have like radio or you do whatever you want, but and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, whatever he says, I'm going to say yes. I mean, this is a, this guy was on the tour with us. I mean, this guy was on the bus with us. It wasn't just me, Burr and Lawhead. Like Lawhead's father was with us for the, like the first half, three quarters of the trip. I mean, it was amazing. He's just a guy with so much wisdom, you know, 70-something years old, whatever he is, he's just a wisdom, and he's a coach, and he's, he's, he's great, so he's like, well, you know, how would you feel if you come out here to Lorraine, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll show you around, we'll take you to this place to eat, and I go out there, and I said, absolutely, and he's like, oh, great, and I'll see you tomorrow, so I take a day, and I drive out there to Lawhead's parents, and, I mean, it is just such a tight-knit community. Kind of, it just made you feel like what, what old-school America was. It was an old steel, steel mill town. Um, that's what they did. They all, like, the steel mill there just, just employed, like, the whole town, you know? And, and then everything kind of, I guess, went to shit when, that, when, the steel, when the steel business went under or whatever. But 
and they're just driving me around and they're showing me the church they got married in and where the hospital where the kids were born and it's all right there and everybody knew everybody and they took me to this place that makes fish on Fridays that opens up on Fridays this, this club that they go to and um, I, I was just looking around and I, I remember saying to myself like this is something that everybody should see this shit. You know, because America used to be that. It used to be just tight-knit communities where everybody knew everybody and everybody's kids played and they all went to school and, you know, this one would come over for company and that one. But it was just, and it just reminded me of that. And just seeing, like, even though the main street in the downtown was just decimated. It's funny, Lawhead told me that um, Artie Lang, <laughs> Artie Lang said Lorraine, Ohio makes uh, Cleveland look like Malibu. But there was something about it I liked. You know, because I was just with people that were there their whole lives and knew everything and the history and all these buildings and it just had this character. It was just great. It was old school America and we go to this place to eat and everybody was coming up to Jason's dad and shaking Jason's dad's hand and, um, you know, some people even would go up and talk about the games that he was in. It was just it was just really, really cool. And then I went back to the house. They were so hospitable and it was really great. So I just want to say, um, if you ever get a chance, if you ever if you're ever... In that situation where you're a downtown and, and somebody was like, hey, you know, we live on the outskirts. We love to show you our town or where we're from and everything like that. Do it, man, because it's really it's really cool. It's really it's got that it's got that you could see what it was in its heyday in the 50s and 60s and 70s. And I guess they said, you know, towards the 80s and 90s, it started to go down. But uh, really awesome time. So uh, shout out to the Lawheads and um, and, and Lorraine, Ohio. So uh, I just wanted to share that with you guys. I know some of you guys are like, all right, asshole, can you get funny now? Uh, but you know what? I got to come on. It's not always about that. Now let's get funny. Okay, here we go. Um, 60 days. I'm trying to go 60 days on the wagon. That's it. I'm, I'm, I am on the wagon to the point where I am doing, because I'm not going to lie. We had some drinks out there and I was, and Giannis looked at me and he goes, he goes, Verz, man, you fucking just pound them down and don't get drunk. Like, and I started to really realize that to be true a little bit and notice that like, I just have a tolerance for alcohol. I don't get, I mean, I'll get, listen, if shots come out, I get fucked up and I have an awful next day. The hangover makes you wish you died. You know, just a shit like that. You know, you just, you get, like, you know, sh shots will kill you. Drinking and then smoking weed, that's when you get the spins. That'll kill you. But if you're just sitting there and you're sipping on the same drink, I can go hard, man, and just sit there and take it. But what really is happening is that's just like, you know, when a boxer is just hitting the bag hard, that's what's happening to my liver. And I just started to feel like, I was just like, man, I'm doing good with the eating, but I got to just really, like, if I stop this drinking, I'm, I just want to stop. So what I did was, um, I'm starting to do like these liver cleanses. And, um, somebody said, if you wait like 42 days, your liver gets completely like replenishes everything it needs and like is like really resilient and all that shit. So that's what I'm doing. Working on the liver. Trying not to drink for 60 days. It's going to be hard on Super Bowl Sunday. That might be the day I'm giving myself like a four-drink pass. Okay, maybe six, maybe none. All right? <laughs> but that might be the only exception. I don't know. I'm still on the fence about that. If I'm not feeling like drinking that day, I'm not going to force it just because it's the Super Bowl. But I'm really trying to stop. And I know a few times on the show I've talked about not drinking. And I think the longest I went was like... 
where did I go? I think I went like 60 or 70 days, but I'm going to try to go 60, 60 days here. So I will let you guys know about that, but, um, it's tough. It's tough. Um, but the fun thing about not drinking is I went to a comedy holiday party, comedy club holiday party in New York City recently. And they did, it was, you know, it was one of those, you know, some of them wait till January and they do it like, you know, in the first two weeks of January. So I go down and I just watched comedians like drinking and getting, you know, just kind of the shit they talk about and how drunk they, and some of them just have fun. I'm just looking around going, wow, man, like I never want to do that. Like I've done that years and years ago, but I never want to be at a comedy Christmas party and just be like the fucking drunk, loud, comic, all red in the eyes, just like, hey, this this fucking guy, get over here, dude, tell him about the time we did that hell gig in Pennsylvania, this fucking, it's just like, you're just thinking to yourself, like, what the fuck this, you know, I don't know, I don't know, but um, I'm, I'm gonna try, man, 60 days. I'm going to try. We'll see. I will keep you guys posted. I think today is like day four or something, whatever. But, um, okay. I want to get into something that, hold on, let me sip the, uh, sip the iced tea here. Okay. I want to get into something that, um, somebody asked me, somebody asked me to talk about on the podcast. So I told you, you ask, I shall deliver. Somebody said they wanted me to talk about a comedian, uh, walking a room or what it's like to walk a room or just the whole situation of walking a room. So I will get into that right now. For you people that don't know, I know a lot of comedians. If you're listening to this, you obviously know what I'm talking about. If you uh, don't understand, walking the room is basically when you're on stage and you are either so offensive. Hopefully you're not so bad that they get up and walk, but you're so offensive um, you're just saying something that nobody can get on board with. A lot of times it happens if you go hard at one side of, um, politics, if you bash certain religions, if you bash, you know, women, uh, you know, certain things like that where you just see people get up and walk out and that's what walking a room is. Now, I look at it like this. That was one of my fears. And I think I might've, you know what, I've had a lot of listeners uh, since, since this, since the last time I spoke about this, so I'll speak about it again. I mean, I might have talked about walking a room, I mean, maybe a year and a half, two years ago. I don't know. So I'll I'll, I'll touch on it again real quick uh, for, for the new listeners. It's, it's something you're afraid of because you're thinking, holy shit, I just said something and now paying customers are leaving. So now obviously the owner finds out, the booker finds out, the owner's probably pissed at the booker. Why are you bringing, you know, this, this, uh, this dude or this woman in here if they're saying shit that's offensive? And then I realized that a good booker and a good owner knows that a professional comedian may and can say anything. And as long as it's done in a way that is professional, um, you know, and is a joke, you know, that's it. Somebody said all bets are off. There should be a sign, and I'm a full, I truly believe this from the bottom of my heart, that there should be a sign outside of every comedy venue. That says, you are go- unless it's a family friendly, then say family friendly, or you know what, PG thirteen, come in, or you know the kids could come, family show during the day, as long as it's advertised. But I believe, 
wholeheartedly. And I think anybody who doesn't believe is out of their fucking mind. This is the this is free speech, people. I don't give a shit. Okay. You know, anything short of pulling your dick out or pulling your tits out on stage and doing some shit like that, anything other than that, man, anything goes. And there should be a disclaimer outside of every door before you step in. And you should say, look, it should say, this is a comedy club. And that actually should be the first line. This is a comedy club. There are professional paid comedians who are going to be talking about things. Some things may not be pleasant. Some things may be violent. Some things may be offensive. If you are easily offended by things, you might not want to come. Okay, we'll send you an email when there's a safe act coming and when people know it's safe. But this is anything goes. Because... You know, walking a room is unacceptable. These people are people that it's it's like me used to be afraid of it. It's an ultimate fear. Like, oh, man, I don't want people now. I don't care if I walk the room. You know, one of the greatest things I've heard is that person was never going to be your fan anyway. The people that stay and the people that love you, those are the people that are going to pay to see you. Those are the people that are going to come into clubs and God willing theaters and, 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 and hopefully bigger than that. That's who those people who stay will always remember it and do it, you know. Um, I was in San Antonio. I'll tell the story. I was in San Antonio and, um, it was, you know, they, they bumped me up to, to headline and, uh, (laughs) and then (laughs) didn't ask me back to this room. This is one of the only rooms I've done. This is probably the only room I've ever done in my career where they didn't ask me back. And maybe this is the reason. First of all, the venue was, was light and empty the whole week. And I heard it's always like that. And, uh, there's another room in San Antonio, which is always great. Now this room happened to be a lot of tourists. And uh, it was right there by the river walk. So I'm on stage and I'm making fun of the river walk. I'm going, that's not a river. That's a dirty stream. I could fucking jump over that filthy green stream. I go, you guys lie on TV. You show like ferry boats, like sitting in the biggest part of the water. This place is everything. And the people who run the tours of that river were sitting there. Like this man and wife who like give the tours on the boats to the to the tourists on there were sitting there and they got up and left. Now I think that's hilarious. Fuck them. You know what I mean? You you that you, I mean that's what you come on. First of all, you're at a, you could you could have you see here's what they could have done. They could have went up to me and they could have been like, "Hey man, you guys you got us bad tonight." You know, we do that. But instead, they saw somebody, you know, who talked like they were from New York, looked like I look, took it offensive, all oh, this Yankee coming down here cuz they're fuck they're you know, they're morons. And, and, and they walked out of the room and I I totally, and I was luckily at the point in my career where I was like, you know what? Fuck. I don't care. Good. Leave. I don't care what, you know, what's going to happen. You're going to tell the owner what I'm not going to come back because I'm making fun of a a, a shitty little stream that you got out there that you call a river. Give me a break. So as far as walking a room, now here's the thing. If you're a bad comedian who just doesn't have shit to say and doesn't have jokes and can't make people laugh, so your thing is I'm just going to be overwhelming shock value, say crazy, disgusting things, and everybody's going to leave and talk. Like if you're doing it on purpose, then that's shitty. Like if you just want to want to walk people just to do it, then that's that's silly. But if you're doing your job and you're polished and you're talking about stuff and they don't like it, then that's it, you know? I've been in rooms where great comedians have walked people, tables, getting up and leaving. And it's always because they're talking about the other sex, maybe a little too harsh. They're talking about, um, 
you know, they're talking about, for example, the last podcast I did when me and Giannis were getting a little, you know, we were getting a little crazy about women who were single and talking about their feet and vaginas and stuff. And we got a little, you know, we got a little crazy with it. Now, maybe somewhere there was a female listener who stopped listening and was like, I don't like that. You know, and that's fine. I guess you could say that's walking a podcast, walking a listener, you know, but you know, at the end of the day, great comedians make people, you know, cause you touch on things, you know, you touch on religion. Somebody could be in the crowd that prays all day, that prays and, and that their whole thing. And they just wanted to go and laugh and see what a comedy club is like. And all of a sudden, whoa, this comedian is, you know, totally shitting on their religious beliefs. And they, they're like, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to, I just paid money for that. I'm not doing this. And that's what it is. So my advice to any up and coming comedians is if you believe in your heart, what you're talking about, you know, and you commit to the joke and you offend somebody, it's going to happen. You know, it's going to happen. So, um, I remember one time, here's a, here's a funny one for you. I, this is crazy. I saw a host Okay, I can't mention names and I can't mention what club I was in, but I saw a ho- there was a host, okay, who was kind of like the local host, the house host. And I would travel down to this place and I would do my shows. And every time I would come back, the host would be doing bits and other comedians' bits and they forget, they recycle and they forget the comedians come down. And I literally watched a, a host do one of my jokes. And the funny thing was... <laughs> I saw somebody come up to him after the show. Man, that one joke you did, man, that's not right. That's a little too much. You should have said it. And he was giving the guy shit about my joke. And I'm just going, hey, well, he's not going to, you know. And, but I would just say, you know, like if somebody came up to me and was like, I really didn't appreciate that, I'd say, I'm sorry to hear that. Sorry to hear that. But, you know, there's a bunch of paying customers that did appreciate it. So, you know. Take your stupid look on your face and your dumb comments. Keep them to yourself and get in your car and leave. Because that's, I, I don't give it. I don't care. You understand? All bets are off. That That's what it is. So, I, you know, you can you can leave and send your little letter. And if the owner came up and said, well, what, what happened? I'd say, I did this joke. I believe in the joke. I think it's funny. You know, it, it kills in other places. And I believe in it. And and I think it's funny. How about that? And that's it. You know, and that that's it. So... You know, and I'm not any, by any stretch of the imagination, able to tell any owner, listen, I'm going to do what I want. And you're not going to, no, because you know what? Until I start selling out all over the country and I'm making these people a lot of money, that's when, that's when you, you know, you have the power. But you can't, you can't, you know, you can't not do something because you're worried people are going to walk out of the room. Let them walk. They were never going to be your fans anyway. That's my take on it. So, I, you know, I hope that's helpful. But if you're in the game and you see somebody going, watch this, I'm going to see how much I can free. I'm going I'm to make everyone leave. I'm going to just start talking about this and that. You start talking about stupid stuff and like shock value shit. Then then that's just silly. Then you shouldn't do that. Then then you're shooting yourself in the foot and you deserve everything that you get. You know. Because there's really no reason for it. Um, so I hope that was helpful. And again, anything that you guys want to talk about um, on the show, let me know. And uh, as long as it's... Within reason, I will definitely talk about it on the show. All right, what else do we got? Oh, and I, I actually want to ask advice or if anybody listening to this knows how to, because what I'm looking to do is I am looking to revamp and do some stuff on my YouTube page and I'm going to be taking old clips off and putting a couple of new clips on. Now, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be taking, uh, putting too many new clips on because as you guys know, um, we're going to be putting out a documentary movie and, uh, and my first album is going to be coming out this year. So, uh, 
you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big year, everybody. I'm excited about it, but um, I'm having trouble because some of the YouTube clips weren't put up by me and they're old accounts that nobody knows. I don't even know passwords or anything. And like, I tried calling, I tried like flagging something, trying to get off. If anybody out there listening to this knows how I can get a clip of me off that I didn't put up that's out there, please let me know because there's a couple of clips I need to get off. They're like, really really old and uh you know so please let me know if if you can um so speaking speaking about that i'll just keep going we are getting close everybody the documentary movie um I, i'm not giving out the title right now but I, I can tell you um hopefully this will be released um god willing by the summer and it's getting really close and we were doing some stuff and looking to edit some stuff yesterday and uh me and thomas lewis but uh documentary about stand-ups with kids and um, it's great, man. Just to give you a little heads up on who's in it, um, Al Madrigal's in it, um, Joe Matteris is in it, um, Jim Florentine is in it, uh, Bill Burr is in it, we're looking to get Big J Okerson in it, um, uh, Kelly Carlin, George Carlin's daughter's in it. There, there's going to be some pro- surprise people in it, so it's just going to be really cool and, and, and kind of follow me and what I'm doing in my career with my kids, and, and uh, you know that's going to come out, and hopefully around the same time, my uh, my debut album, which we talked about today, and uh, got some got some interest in a, in a really big record label that wants to that wants to do it, and uh, I don't know how, how, who's going to. Where it, who's going to put it out, but it's coming out, and we're going to be filming it this spring. So uh, please look out for that. Now, uh, unacceptable for the week. Here we go. I'm getting tired of this shit. I'm getting tired, everybody. You could hear it. I'm, I'm switching it on right now. I'm getting tired. Here's what it is, okay? I know. Okay, no, you know what? I'm going to do the movie one after. Okay. Unacceptable for the week. Bartenders. Bartenders who make a face or get annoyed with your order. Okay? Unacceptable. Okay, I walked into your place. I don't give a fuck. If I order a water, if I order my own piss, if I piss in a cup and say, dude, put that on the rocks and spin it around with one of those fucking twirly sticks or whatever you want, you put a smile on your face, okay? Because you get tipped money, okay? Mr. Tipton. You get tipped, okay, your job, you stand behind a bar, you chose that, you chose it. My little sister, who I always give her shit, because she's like 10 years younger than me, and when she does little kid shit, I always kind of call her out on and give her shit. I'm kind of the older brother that like, she thinks is the most fun, but I'm also the biggest pain in the ass to her, and like, you know, sometimes maybe I'm a little hard on her, but... You know, she had something funny on her Facebook today. She said, why are the people at DMV so mean? Like, don't choose to work with the public if you can't handle it. And that is the truest thing. Now, I'm not going to mention names, establishments, or anything like that because I'm not stupid enough. I've seen what this business between Twitter and people's podcasts and all the shit that they could do. And I'm not going to be home and someone's going to call me up going, oh, my God, dude, so-and-so is so upset they hurt. I'm not doing that. But I will give you the gist of what happened. Okay, this shit is unacceptable. Okay, this is one of my most passionate ones. So buckle up, dude. Okay, now I was in an establishment where I knew the people that worked there and I didn't know this bartender. I guess he was new or whatever. And I hear patrons come in and actually start asking about the establishment and if it's good and if it's this and if it's that. 
And I swear to God, this bartender kind of like looked around, looked at him and goes, no. Like, nah, not my cup of tea. Like, in other words, this guy is in a place where people walk in. Even, even if you think today's special sucks, even if you fucking, even if, 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 if a comedian is on stage or who's, who's here this week or who's on stage or who's this, is this guy, or even if they got a, a, a singer, oh, there's a singer here. Yeah. How's a singer? You just go, oh, it's great, man. Go get, grab a drink and enjoy it. That's what you are going to pay. First of all, that's going to help you with tips. Okay. So I'm just watching this guy and I see four people come in and they ask a question about that. Let's say for argument's sake, they're talking about the food. How's the food here? And this guy gives a look and then's like, eh, not my, and just kind of mopey and depressed and shit, right? And I'm going, holy shit. And now I know the owner and I have this thing. Do I go up and, and, and say something because I know this, this person, you know, and then I'm just watching. But I kind of let it slide. I'm like, maybe the guy's having a bad day. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a rat. You know, I'm not going to rat this guy out, you know? So then I go to the bar. I'm standing by the bar. There's a couple of empty seats. And I'm just looking up at the screen at the TV. And the guy just comes over and he goes, hey, uh, people may be using these seats. So, And I just and I go, oh, no problem, man. And I take a couple steps back and he goes, thank you. So now I really don't like this cocksucker. Now I'm just like, you know, I, I, I'm, it's, I'm over. It's over. It's over. Okay. And then, then this is where I get hit with it. Okay, this is where I get hit with it. I finally walk up and sit down and say, you know what, I will have a drink. And the guy goes, hey, you drinking something? And he kind of comes out with that, you know, puts his game face on for bartender. And I go, yeah, let me get a, uh, I'm just going to get a, and I kind of like preface it with, yeah, I'm just going to get a, give me a seltzer with a splash of crayon. And this guy's expression changed. And then I see him turn around, and as he's walking, I just watch him, and he kind of shakes his head like like he's, like he's in disgust that he's upset. And I swear to God, I almost said, when he came back, I almost said something, and then I just took the thing, and he kind of like, I forgot what he said. He just said, it was just an unacceptable. Listen, dude, you're the fucking asshole who needs to have a bunch of fucking alcoholics give you $2 a drink so you could pay your rent and pay for your shitty Mazda, you stupid fucking meathead. All right? It's not my fault you're standing behind a bar in some black fucking uniform that this establishment gave you. Okay? You friggin' corporate monkey. I don't give a shit if you're a fuck. Let me tell you something, okay? You either go into that damn restaurant and put a smile on your stupid Frankenstein face, okay? You fucking monster. The only thing this guy was missing was bolts in his neck and a flat head with stitches on the side of it. How fucking dare you? Unacceptable. Unacceptable, you stupid flat-footed... I didn't, I, didn't see, I didn't see his feet. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but you know what I mean. This guy looks at me and changes his expression. And if he would have been cool about it and be like, oh, cool, yeah, no problem, man. Do you want a lot of crayon? Here's, now, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys the breakdown of what should have happened, okay? I'm going to give you the breakdown of what should have happened and what this asshole did, and you see the difference. Okay, now, here's what he should have did. Uh, and this, this gets people a tip and money. Now, remember, Prior, he said, prior, he said, you know, can you step, you know, the people going to use these seats. And what did I say? Even though I didn't like this guy and I already saw that he kind of shit on the establishment, underlined shit on the establishment, I still fucking said, oh, yeah, no problem. I'll step back. You want? Because I'm a gentleman. Okay. Then 
I finally stay, you know what, I'm going to sit and get a drink. And I get a drink, and I was like, hey, man, you know, now what he should have said right then is, okay, this is a paying customer, or this is a customer who can potentially give me a tip. So now he's got to turn it on. Now, a good bartender would have went like this. Hey, man, yeah, sorry about that, you know, the seat thing. It's just, you know, I, you know, these, these people, you know, with empty seats, if these people come in, you know, drinking and stuff, I got to make, you know, I got to make money for the company. I would have been like, oh, no, dude, I totally understand. Then I order the drink. Yeah, let me get a um, seltzer with a splash of cran. Oh, cool, man, you want a tall one or a big one? I'll take, you know, whatever, just regular size is cool. Great, do you want a, uh, just a splash of cran or like half and half? Do you want a dark red or do you want it like that? And I'd be like, oh, man, this guy's like, yeah, no problem, man, I'll get you a lime too. Then you give it to me with a smile on your stupid face. Okay, and I'll go into my wallet and I'll throw you whatever, you know, I'll throw you a couple bucks or whatever. Okay, even though I'm basically getting a fuck a, a water. Okay, so basically from the fountain drinks, whatever. I'm getting a fucking water, a, a carbonated water and a splash of cran, which you have on that stupid Coca-Cola gun that you work with. All right, but no, he doesn't do that. He sits there. Can I get you something to drink? Let me get a seltzer and cran, and he just looks in disgust, and then walks away and shakes his head. I don't give a shit if you can't pay your rent. I don't give a shit if you're having a slow night because it's you know whatever whatever night of the week it is. I don't care. I don't care. You put a that's your job. It's unacceptable. And then after that, I still didn't rat this asshole out, and I should have. I should have went up to the owner and be like, dude, listen, man, you got somebody here. I don't know if he's having a bad week or whatever, but he's t- kind of telling people that, like, certain things aren't good here. And he's, he's you know, he got he got upset with me because I ordered something like that. I mean, totally made me feel like I don't want to come to this bar again or I want another bartender, which is going to take money out of your pocket. I, I didn't, and I didn't do it. I just said, you know what, man, whatever. I can't do that. I don't know if it's a Sicilian in me. I'm not going to do that to the guy. But unacceptable, this asshole. Are you kidding me? Shake your head because I ordered a, because I ordered a, you know what I mean? If you're cool about it, you'll be the bar I come back to when I'm slugging fucking whiskey like I'm, I'm like I'm living in 1876. Okay, because that's what I do sometimes after the show. Are you serious? Oh man, pissed. Unacceptable for the week. Any bartender, anybody serving you something. I don't understand. You don't get into that business if you're not good at it. You ever have somebody good at it? You ever have somebody fucking great at what they do, even if it was anything? Even if it was anything? Oh, my God, man. Pissed me to borderline ruin like an hour of my night. And I'm going, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I just, it's true. And it sounds corny and cliche, and it sounds, oh, yeah, customer service in the country is dying. And I know people talk about it, and I've seen too many comedians talk about it on stage. I'm not trying to do that here. I'm really not. But when I order a drink, you know, and it was a place where the guy should have known, like, and I'm not saying this to be arrogant, but the guy knew that I knew the owner, and the guy knew who I was, you know, through comedy, and it just shouldn't have went like that. It should not have been like that. And even if he wouldn't, even if he didn't shake his head, even if he kind of looked a little disappointed, I'd have been pissed. But the fact that he shook his head and made it obvious, it's like, are you kidding? Like, uh, seriously, are you kidding me? Unacceptable for the week. That bartender or any bartender who get up gets upset. Ugh. I mean that that was something that like really. You know, and, and that that's taking money from the establishment because when people come in, like, oh, how's this? How's that? You know, you got to be like, hey, yeah, it's great. And, and, it, and I know the place and it is great. This guy was just a miserable prick. 
And what sucked is I went up to somebody else to start to complain about it. And the guy that, like, like not, not somebody that worked there, just somebody else. I was like, yeah, dude, this bartender, man. This dude's like passive aggressive. I said something like that. And the guy goes, the guy, the guy goes, oh, yeah, I know that guy. He's all right. And I was just like, yeah, all right. Like, I just, fuck you, man. Fuck you. Unacceptable for the week, everybody. Okay, there you have it. Sorry, I know that was a long one. I was a little passionate about it. Uh, I hope uh, I hope some of you found some humor in it. I was more passionate about that one than a lot of other ones. I didn't find it as funny as ups- as I did upsetting, but it is unacceptable. By the way, the unacceptables for the week are becoming a staple. I mean, this has got to be like like Letterman's got a top ten. This is it. It seems like from the feedback I get, people love the unacceptables. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. But but honestly, the whole point of the unacceptables really was when I first started doing them was calling the people out. Like if one person can stop that, you know, if one person can just like, like if one person stopped the dick from doing it, like then my podcast is doing its job. Because I mean, somewhere in the world or in the country, somebody saw something was like, you know what? I listened to the, the, you know, TVE podcast and that is unacceptable and I'm experiencing it right now. You know, so I'm going to say something just to let that people know, you know, to let that person know that they suck and they're unacceptable. But, uh, all right, everybody, sliding right into sports. Wow, I didn't even mean sliding right into sports, and he's safe. Uh, sorry, that was awful. Listen, we got to talk about these NFL playoffs. Um, the, this week wasn't as great as last week. Some of the games were, you know, the Saints started to come on in the fourth quarter, as did the, the Chargers, uh, really never really in the game either of those teams. The Panthers, once they got stopped on the half-yard line by um, – San Francisco's defense, but, um, you know, the the best four teams are in this thing right now, okay? The best four teams, uh, and, and it's so crazy to say that with the Patriots doing what they've done. I mean, are people understanding what Tom Brady is? I got into another argument with Burr. I always get into an argument with Burr. I think Lawhead disagrees with me too. I think a lot of them disagree with me. I don't care that I was a little kid when Joe Montana played, and I'm starting to watch more of Joe Montana, and I get it. But listen, man, I've never seen a guy. I mean, this guy is throwing. I mean, Julian, what's his name? Edelman is your number one? You lost three defensive starters you lost one of your big tight ends to that murder case you lost Gronk your other tight end to injury you lost Welker to free agency you have you have a decimated defense and you're still in the a and I called it and I fucking called it yes I did I said before week one go back everybody go back 16 episodes right now from right now and I said just like I did last year. Last year, I predicted the Super Bowl. I said, Niners, Ravens, Niners winning. And I was wrong about the winner. It was the Ravens. This year, I said, Broncos, Niners, Niners winning. I think, uh, I mean, it's going to be hard. Here's the thing. The Denver Broncos are going to be hard to beat because of the potent offense. And in decent weather conditions, if the ball can be thrown without any problem, without Mother Nature, you know, playing her part, I think Peyton Manning's going to put up big numbers. However, the defense is definitely suspect. The defense can definitely get picked apart. And I think that the 49ers defense, especially if they can get to a Super Bowl, 
if the 49 is going to be a tough, it's a tall order to go into Seattle, especially if the way Seattle's defense is playing. But if Sam Fran can can go in there and win that game, you know. But either way, I'm happy that the two teams I predicted are there. I did think the Eagles could maybe go in Week One and pick off, you know. Pick off the, the the Seahawks and then play the Niners and then probably lose to the Niners. But um, my two picks are still there. But Tom Brady, I mean, he'll be the first guy ever to go to six Super Bowls. It's just insane. It's just insane, man. The guy can do it with fucking me. The guy can do it with you. I don't care if you're some fat prick sitting at your cubicle right now with a fucking greasy slice of pizza in your hand. I'm telling you right now, Brady can throw to you like three out of five for like, you know, but 12 yards, you know, you'll probably break your spleen and never be able to walk again. But I'm telling you, you get in the game and you get some action. That guy's incredible. Guy's incredible. Um, so what else is going on? Yeah. Um, four best teams and we'll see moving on to, um, and it's nice because I'm going to watch those games in the comfort of my own home. I'm going to be in Baltimore. I'll do the plugs after, but I'm headlining out in Baltimore this weekend. And I'm going to come home, drive home after the show Saturday and watch these watch these games. The New York Knicks just won five in a row and then had it snapped last night. So they, they got their five-game winning streak, streak snapped. But, you know, they beat the Heat. They beat some good teams and they're starting to play a little better. And there's problems with J.R. Smith and the coaching. So maybe you're thinking they could move J.R. Smith somewhere get him out of town and maybe do something because he's just he's just too much of a he's a liability. He's a liability more than he is a positive. I think you got the best year out of him last year. This is how stupid JR Smith is like how he's reacting to things or, or or playing. He came to New York his first year, didn't do that well and everybody was like, "Yeah, he partied too much. The New York nightlife got him." So he heard that and then was a friggin' angel. He was a saint last year and he crushed it. He was sixth man of the year and he won a ton of games for us. And then this year they said he's back out partying every night when you go out and hit the New York scene. It's like, I mean, come on, man. So I think we got the best year out of that guy. We got the we got the best of J.R. Smith that we're going to get. Ship him out, you know, let him go to the Milwaukee Bucks and have his little, you know, do whatever he does out there and let's get somebody for him but you know um, I, l- I got lured back in a little bit because and the only reason why and I'm not I know some people are probably like oh well what are you just a fair weather Nick fan no I can't watch them not play defense and not play I will watch the Knicks when they are a suffocating defense in the paint run around and actually play like they care and when they do that I can take that win or loss I, I win or lose I could take that but I'm not going to sit and watch a guy look to the left, look to the right, take a, you know, 18-foot jumper when he's triple teamed and he's got, you know, big man down low open because he just wants to take it. And then he jogs back on, the, you know, like he's playing in a, like he's playing in a, in a pickup game, like intramurals at college or, I mean, or high school. Give me a break. So I was excited to see that. Um, and um, that's sports. Now, I'm going to get into movies, everybody. I did not see a movie but uh, in Baltimore, and I actually have plans. I'm going. I know I always say it's like the ongoing joke. I'm actually going. I am. I am going to the movies out there. I'm going to be my buddy Stavros. You guys remember Stavros, my little Greek friend who is in Baltimore, a funny comic, up-and-coming comic from that area. And um, he's not going to be working with me because he was recently at the club, but he's going to be out there hanging out. And we're going to go to some Greek restaurant. We're going to see a movie. We're going to smoke a cigar. We're going to do that on Saturday. So we're definitely going to do that. Um, and I'm either going to see, well, I don't know. 
what he saw because all my friends have been seeing everything but there's a couple wolf of wall street uh lone survivor i heard is good i'm gonna see something i gotta see something but here's what i need to talk about and i gotta make a little make make a little fun of this movie okay listen i understand joaquin phoenix is a good actor everybody i get it i think he's a great actor he's done great work okay and i've talked to people going oh my god it was amazing it was it was funny and it was amazing look i can't do it i can't do it Maybe when it comes on cable, maybe if one night I'm bored on demand, I want to watch it. I'm not spending thirteen fifty for this. And everybody's talking about, you know, some guy that jerks off to a hard drive and like thinks she's real. She's not real, okay? It's stupid. It's stu- I'm so- that's what we've come to. We, it's like like some fucking guy who can't get laid. It's like go to a nightclub, dick. Go to a nightclub. Talk to a human being that you could touch. And I know, no, but it's a great story. No, it's not a great story. It's, it's a fucking boring story. It's a lazy story. That's what it is. It's a lazy story. Okay, why? Because we could talk to our phones now. This guy's got to jerk off to his fucking 4S. It's stupid. You know, like running around, like holding it and spinning spinning around at the beach like he's holding some chick by the shoulders when it's his iPhone or whatever on the boardwalk or whatever that stupid thing he's doing in the commercials. It's dumb. I don't need to see that. I don't need to see some loser who can't get a girl. Get a girl. You know? Fucking serial killers have a more charisma. I mean, at least they I mean, at least they meet the girl and go on a couple dates before they hack them up. It's just silly. Oh, it's mesmerizing. It's amazing. They tried to do it. They did it with that Ryan Gosling when he had a he had a doll. He had some like the like some you know, and he was in love with this doll, and he would talk to the doll, and then now this guy's into this phone. You know what's next? You know they're gonna have a laptop fucking being dragged down the aisle. A guy's gonna marry his fucking soft notebook. Whatever. It's just I, you know I get it. Okay, listen. I am, I'm all into that. I'm into creativity. I'm into new stories. I, you know, I'm a dreamer. I love all that stuff. I love the whole, I love when, you, you know, I mean, I, my job for a living is to create content, you know, that amuses people and makes people laugh and, 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 and is original. And I'm all for that. I'm not trying to be like unoriginal here, but I'm so sick of people just like talking about how like this is this guy falls in love with this thing and even if it's great i'm not saying that i'm saying just the fact that it had to be made is annoying you know it just reminds me of that williamsburg brooklyn shit you know I'm, I'm it's great that like white people can walk around williamsburg safe now but there was something to be said about feeling like you were gonna get robbed when you walked to your car and now you could skip down the street in peach-colored jeans and a fucking frozen yogurt and not get heckled or, you know, get acorns thrown at your head. That's, that's not right. Now I got to watch this guy fucking jerk off to his phone? I don't know. I just, I, I'll see it later. What can I tell you? You know, I mean, I know someone's going to go up first. You know, where's your imagination? It's a great story. It's, it's such a good story. It's going to win awards. It's gonna, of course it's going to win awards. Of course it's going to win awards. Dances with Wolves won the, won the Academy Award when uh, when Goodfellas was should have won it. I'm not, I don't care about awards. Now, granted, he's a great actor. I mean, you can't knock him for taking a script and, and making it gold and stuff like that. But it's just a premise. Come on, man. Just, can you j- just meet a chick, dude? All right, that's enough of that. Okay, let's uh, 
boy, second half of this podcast, I uh, turned it up on you guys a little bit. We were talking about nice things and, you know, middle America and tight-knit communities and, and all kinds of nice stuff. And as soon as I got to that unacceptable, it was just... Okay. And I got to do a podcast right after this. I'm doing another podcast right after this. Not mine, but... I hope you guys enjoy this. I hope this finds you well, and I hope you laugh at this, and I hope this makes the end of your week good. Um, So I will get into my plugs, which I basically told you, but first I will announce a tour that I will be going on, and the dates, uh, we talked about it a little bit, Uh, the dates are uh, starting to, it looks like it's starting to, starting to unfold here, so I will let you guys know, but uh, as you guys know, Bill Burr, is a dear friend of mine and a couple other comedians and we go on tour and when I'm not, you know, traveling or headlining myself or when it just works out because, you know, we're dear friends and we work together sometimes. We try to hang out and, you know, do stuff on the road. But um, what what we're, what we're doing is Bill has a podcast, which is uh, one of the top most famous podcasts out there called, uh, it's uh, the Monday Morning Podcast, which is Burr's. And um, he's been doing it for like, I think he's been doing it for like six or seven years. And it's it's just has an incredible following. But uh, he's going to be basically sponsoring and putting his name behind uh, the Monday Morning Podcast Presents Tour. And uh, myself, Joe Bartnick, and Jason Lawhead are the three main comedians on the tour. And um, if Bill is ever in town or whatever, who knows if he'll pop up. But I know he's going to help us launch it and he's coming out to... Um, launch uh he's gonna come out the night we launch it out in los angeles but it looks like opening night of this is going to be at largo in los angeles on april 1st okay so that is going to be uh sick it's going to be a great time and um it looks like the first week of april the dates now none of this is concrete a lot of this is subject to change but i can tell you that largo is definitely 100 percent going down if anything changes i'll let you know but that's going down April Fool's Day, me, Jason Lawhead, Joe Bartnick, and uh, Burr might be popping in. It's going to be pretty cool. And it's the Monday Morning Podcast Presents Tour. Other cities that uh, are on the on the board here are, looks like it's going to be San Diego, San Francisco, Sacramento, and Las Vegas. And I don't think we're going much more east than Vegas as far as the West Coast. That's the first leg, and that's going to be around the first week, uh, give or take a day, in um, in April. Then the East Coast leg is going to be Ohio, Columbus, Cleveland, um, Pittsburgh, New York, New Jersey, Boston, I believe. So uh, look out for that, but we're going to be out there. We're going to be selling merchandise. We're going to have posters. We're going to have the t-shirts. It's going to be a great time. Uh, Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast presents tour. So uh, really excited and and grateful to be a part of that. And, um, you know, it's a bunch of guys that open for Bill and that have heard us on Bill's podcast a ton. People are always coming up to us going, man, Burr's always breaking your balls on the podcast, having a good time. And that's what we do. We just have a great time. So um, check that out. And I will let you guys know what is definitely concrete. But uh, we found out today Largo is a go to launch it. And that is in Los Angeles, April 1st. And there will be more details on that. Now, this weekend, I will be headlining uh, Magoobie's Comedy Club. And I'm hoping people come out. I'm really excited about this. Um, I was there with Joe Matarese less than a year ago. It was probably there f- f- months ago. 
um, few months back, not not long at all, and it is a beautiful kind of stadium seating, like theater type, like leveled room. Uh, well, 300, it holds 300, and uh, I'm really hoping to sell tickets and do good out there, so if you know anybody from that area, man, please spread the word. I will be headlining this Friday, January 17th, and Saturday, January 18th, two shows each, 7.30 and 9.45, both Friday and Saturday, four shows, come out, tell your friends, Magoobie's Joke House uh, in Baltimore, it's you know, technically Timonium or whatever, but yeah, so I will be there this week and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So please come out, tell your friends, it'll be a great time. And, uh, and that's it everybody. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, until episode 145, I'm out of here. Please keep the comments coming. Follow me on Twitter at Paul Verzi. That's V-I-R-Z-I. Check out my website, paulverzi.com. You could see more dates of upcoming shows and, uh, thanks for listening. I will talk to you guys soon.